Welcome to the Citizens Youth Podcast. Citizens Youth is a ministry of LifePoint Church in Vancouver, Washington. Citizens is a community of students who are learning to live for Jesus. We meet every Wednesday at 7 p.m. To find out more, check out lpcvan.com forward slash youth. All right, are you guys ready for tonight? Dude, do you guys know who these people are up here? Can you just stand up? These two rows, stand up. Stand up, turn around. Stand up. You earned it. Everybody just get, no, come on. Hey, come on. They just finished high school. They just finished high school. There it is. Salute them, right? All right, all right. You know what? You know, they just don't get it. That's why they're cheering that way, right? Like, middle, middle schoolers are like, dude, we've been at this for three years. It's not a big deal. Juniors, they were like, oh, we get it, right? But we're just so exhausted, we can't cheer. But uh, no, seriously, though, graduating high school, that is a big achievement. Do you know that only one in seven students in high school graduate? I'm just kidding. I made that up. Um, but I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the stats are. In America, only 4% of students graduate, right? You're like, you just made that up. 87% of stats are made up on the spot, okay? So, uh, but seriously, <laughs> seriously though, we are so, so proud of our high schoolers. And then over here, I want this, this row, stand up. This row, stand up, stand up. Take a bow, take a bow, Dave. Take a bow, ladies, right? Take a seat. So these students over here, they have just finished middle school. So they just finished, they are about to finish the first three years of their citizens' careers, and they're going to the big show. They're going to high school. So give it up for these guys, right? And so every year, every year it's our tradition. Every year this is a family moment. This gathering is one of my favorite because we get to celebrate tonight. I will pronounce you as graduates. I will then induct you guys into high school and it's going to begin an awesome summer, okay? And so we, what we do is we celebrate these milestones. We honor you, right? We want to have a culture of celebration. And here's what we do. Every time, whether it's finishing middle school, whether it's finishing high school, whether it's graduating college, whatever it is, there's just this thing inside of us that every time we approach a milestone, every time we finish a season and get ready to move on to another one, we always look ahead, don't we? You finish one season, you graduate high school, and you're already just, you're wondering, you're dreaming, what's the future gonna look like? And so we, we have all of these little things that we do to look ahead. That's why like, when, when, you, when you start getting to the end of high school, you do superlatives. Did you guys do any superlatives in your yearbook this year? Most likely to succeed. Most likely to start a Fortune 500 company, right? Most likely to gain 100 pounds in their first four years, right? You, you guys didn't do those, right? Yeah, right? Most likely to get married by the end of college. Most likely to get married by the end of this summer, right? You just, there's all of these things that we do to look forward. We start thinking about majors, right? Like more than ever before in your life, seniors, you spent time thinking, dude, what do I wanna do? Like, what, what do I wanna do? What do I have to do to get there? What's my major gonna be? What classes am I gonna take? We just, we look forward. We can't help it. Even eighth graders, right? They're playing rock, paper, scissors on the front row. Oh, <laughs> it's gonna be a long four years. Pray for me, pray for me. Sleep, right? Sleep, shh, right? 
And so what we do, we, we look forward, we wonder about the future, and all of us, whether we're, we're finishing middle school, whether we're finishing high school, all of us, we want to know, what will my life look like? His life's going to end in a moment. But for everybody else, what will my life look like? Where am I going to end up? What shape and direction will my life look? What will I be like in two years? What will I be like in four years? What will I be like in 10 years? Dude, in 10 years, I promise you, you will look back to stuff that you say and do now and you'll say, I said that when I was stupid, right? Literally, my wife says, but you said this last week. And I go, I said that when I was stupid. And said, so, what will I be like? How will I change? I can't wait to see you guys come back after your first year of, high, of college, right? I want to know what you guys will be like. I can't wait till you guys come back after your first four years, right? You're like, I'm on the seven-year program. Yes. Some people go to school for eight years. Some of them become doctors. Others get their bachelors. Uh, Up to you guys, right? So use your time wisely. But we want to know what will life be like? And so what I want to tell you guys tonight, what I want to tell my incoming freshmen, what I want to tell our graduating seniors is this. The single most important thing that will determine the shape of your life. The single most important factor that will determine what your life is like and the quality and the direction of your life is this. Single most important thing is this. The voices that you listen to. That's what it is. The single most important factor in your life are the voices that you listen to. I've heard it said that we all are the sum of our influences. And so think of it like this. Imagine a river, right? And a river, it carries water. It's like, right? A river, it carries water and it feeds it to the ocean. In the same way, the voices that you surround yourself with, the people that you are around, they will carry their influence, and not into the ocean, but into your hearts and minds. The single most important factor that will determine who you are one, two, four years from now are the voices. And so the question for all of you, the question for everybody in this room, not just seniors, the question for everybody, and then for those of you, as you stand on the verge of the next season of life, this is my question to you. What will be the main voice in your life? What will be the primary voice that you give your life to? What will be the voice that that you're hearing, that you're listening to, that you'll take your cues from? All high school students, all middle school students, what will be the primary voice that you will allow to shape the entirety of your life? What's the voice? And so for a few moments, I want to show you guys Psalm 1. And I'm calling you, all right, I'm calling you, as I do Psalm 1 here, I am calling you to choose Okay, I'm calling you to choose wisely and intentionally what that voice will be, right? And, be, and here's the thing, students, you can't be passive about it, right? You can't be like, well, whoever, wh- whatever voices come to me, th- those will be the voices I listen to. No, no, I'm calling you to choose intentionally what the voice will be. Because friends, everything in your life depends on it. And so let's check it out. We're going to look at Psalm 1. I'm going to read the whole thing, and then we'll break it down. Read it with me. Not read it out loud with me, but check it out. Here we go. Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. 
And on his law, he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. This is Psalm 1. You guys ready for this? Do you want to learn about the voices? Do you guys want to learn what the voice needs to be? Seniors, do you need it? I need to feel like a desperation from you guys, right? You need this. Uh, Yes. All right, well, let's check it out. Here we go. Let's look at the first couple verses. Blessed. Everybody say blessed. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. We see the seats here, right? But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. The first thing we see here from these first couple of verses, those who choose their voices carefully are blessed. Those of you who choose your voices carefully, you'll be blessed. How many people want to live a blessed life, right? Hashtag blessed. Dude, everybody wants to live a blessed life, right? Have you ever met somebody on the streets and they're like, dude, you want to live a blessed life? Nah, dude, I prefer to live an unblessed life, Right? You, like, you, what kind of life do you want to live? You know, I've really been thinking about it, and my five-year plan, I want to be as unblessed as possible, right? Anybody? No! Everybody wants to live a blessed life. And so what is a blessed life? What does it mean to be a blessed life? Oh, well, Sam, let me tell you. I know, I know what a blessed life is, dude. Like, when I graduate college, I'm going to have, like, four cars. You know what I'm saying? Blessed. Hashtag blessed. Dude, I'm going to have, like, so many money, so much money, so many toys. Hashtag blessed. Dude, I just got like a $100 gift certificate to Macy's. Hashtag blessed, right? All the dudes are like, what's Macy's, right? (laughs) Dude, is that what it means to be blessed? If we want to live a blessed life, is that what it means, Anna? That we have a lot of money? That we have a lot of toys? When you read the Bible, and we're gonna actually get into this in a couple weeks, when we get into our new series, Tale of Two Kingdoms, and Jesus shows up and he's like, yo, this person's blessed, blessed, blessed. He's like playing duck, duck, blessed, right? He's like, duck, duck, blessed, duck, duck. What makes a person blessed? Well, we learn in the Bible, it's not about who has more toys. Being blessed doesn't mean you have a lot of money. Being blessed is this. It's a person who is living life right. A blessed person, you could even say it this way, a successful person in God's eyes. This is somebody who is living near to God and they're experiencing his benefits. And so they're experiencing benefits because they're living near to God. They're blessed. And so here, guys, in our story today, in in Psalm 1, we find a blessed dude. He's living life successfully according to God's design. He's just, you look at him and he's like, dude, that's, That's right. He's living life right. And so why is he blessed? Why is he blessed? Well, we see because he's carefully choosing the voices. Look what it says. He says, this blessed man, he does not walk in the counsel, which means advice, right? Advice, uh, um, counsel, guidance, all those things. He doesn't walk in the counsel of the wicked. He doesn't stand in the way of sinners. He doesn't sit in the seat of scoffers. So this dude... He's blessed because he's choosing his voices carefully. He's not listening to the wicked. And who are the wicked? These are people who live apart from God. 
And so when you think about wicked, you probably think about like Hitler, right? You're like, dude, he's wicked, right? Or if you're from Boston, you think about like sports teams, like, yeah, they're wicked hardcore. I, I went to school in New England, like they use wicked as a good thing. Bro, it was wicked. And I was like, ew, I don't want to, you gotta listen to this album, it's wicked. And I'm like, I'm not into horror. They're like, no, you don't get it. You guys ever hear that? Wicked or wicked hardcore? Dude, from Boston, right? I never get... Nobody says that anymore. <laughs> Look at this. Making old man jokes, right, Jacob? Yeah. You want to live to see your sophomore year? You pipe down, all right? So, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not. Um, and so wicked, right? Wicked are not just like, oh, Hitler. Oh, evil people. In the, according to the Bible, the wicked people are the opposite of the righteous. So wicked people are those who live apart from God. They're living their life as if God wasn't even part of the equation. They're doing me, Right? I'm in charge. This is my life. That's what the wicked are in the Bible. These are people who live apart from God. They're, they're scoffers, it says. They mock the things of God. They, they, like, if you were to like, go back to Malachi, these are people that have no fear of God. They're not going, oh, God, the, the gravity of God. I have to live for him. They're going, Psh, what? oh, yeah, God, yeah. Oh, oh, Maddie, yeah, you serve to God, yeah. Okay. They're scoffers. They're scoffers. And so we see that our dude here, the reason why he's blessed, check it out, students, the re seniors, please hear me. The reason why he's blessed is because he looks at the wicked people and he says, I, don't, I have no interest in hearing what they have to say. Their, their advice is worthless to me. I have no desire to hear what they have to say about living life because you know what? Their values, their world's view that makes their advice worthless to him. There's nothing that they can teach him and there's nothing that the wicked can teach you guys about the important questions of life. So don't even bother listening to their voices. And that's why he's blessed. And it's a good thing too. It's a good thing that our blessed man is not even listening to their voice because you know what the, the problem is with the, the voice of the wicked? They lead you to a slippery slope, okay? Look what it says here. He says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. And so I need some wicked people. Can I have some wicked people? Um, you're, you're a graduate. Wicked person number one. Can you be wicked for me? Wicked hardcore. Go take a seat. Chris, wicked number three. Here we go. Come on, come on, come on. Quick, 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 right? I need some wicked people. Wicked hardcore in a bad sense, in a God, ungodly sense, right? And so here's the wicked. And so here's what happens, right? Here's the picture that we see from Psalm 1, right? Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. And so it starts off where you're just like walking and you're like, well, I got different paths that I can take. I wanna kinda hear what they have to say. I wanna hear their counsel. I wanna hear their advice. And so you just walk over there and you go, all right, so this is the path over here, huh? This is, tell me about your path. Huh? I'm, just, I'm just curious. I'm just trying to be more educated. I'm just trying to be open-minded. So let me hear the counsel. Let me hear the advice of the wicked. So tell me about your path. Yeah, oh, re really? Oh, tell me more. You, you said what? How, you do what? And before you notice, look, you're no longer walking. What is he doing? The man is standing. And so now he's no longer just walking past them. He's no longer just looking for a little bit of advice. He's now in a fixed position. Before he knows it, his walking by has now become a fixed position on this path. And then it happens so imperceptibly, so sneaky. Before he knows it, he takes a seat. And so now he's gone from just walking for the advice of the wicked. He's, he's gone from inquiring about the path of the wicked to being one of the wicked. And the problem with the wicked, the problem with the slippery slope is that you don't even realize what happened. 
Before you even know what happens, you went from just, I'm just walking by. Well, now I'm just kind of standing and now I'm, I'm actually one of them. I'm fixing this position. I'm dwelling here, sitting among them. And so our man is blessed because he didn't even bother. He didn't even go near the slippery slope of the wicked. He's not taking his cues from the wicked. Seniors, do not take your cue from the wicked. When you go to university, when you go find jobs and sports teams, freshmen, when you go to high school and there's so many voices, I'm t- do not listen to the voice of the wicked. Have nothing to do with the counsel of the wicked. Don't walk there. Don't even, don't even I just wanna hear their advice. I just wanna hear how they think about, don't even walk there because before you know it, you'll be standing there and then you'll be sitting there. Isn't that what sin is like? Where like you wake up one day and you're just like, how did I even get here? And you trace it back and you're like, it just started with a walk. I just wanted to know some counsel of the wicked. And so our dude, thank you, wicked people. Thank you, so wicked. Don't give them a hand because they're wicked. Okay, so <laughs> unless you're wicked, Adam, right? Aaron, I'm just kidding. So, so our dude, he's not taking his cue from the words of the wicked. Look what he's doing instead. It says, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. We learn that this man is not listening to the voices of the wicked. Instead, he's taking his cue from God's word, all right? Look what it says here, the law of the Lord. Do you know what the law of the Lord is? Like, do you know what the law of the Lord is? Well, I know it's the Old Testament and it's the New Testament. It's my Bible. No, 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 but when he says the law of the Lord, he's talking about the instruction of God. Okay, he's talking about how God has given his design. He's get, dude, this is more than just like a good textbook that'll make you smart. Cole, like listen to me, bro. This is like God has get made super clear. Sydney, he's made super clear his design and his instructions for living life with him. And so here's what that means. And students, this is just, this is so core to who we are. We don't have to play a giant cosmic Easter egg hunt. All right? Many of you are here because you want to live for God, right? Right? Like, are you, is that you for real? Like, in some part of your heart, you want to live for God, right? You want to be in relationship with him. You want to be near him. You want to live life right. You want to live life well. You want to live a blessed life. Good news. You don't have to play a guessing game. Any Easter egg hunt pros in here? Oh, yeah. yeah, Easter egg hunt pro, right? You practice every Saturday. We started an Easter egg club. If you want to come get your Easter egg hunt on. Um, ask more about that later, right? But dude, so many people treat life, and especially guys, when you go to college and you go to university, you're gonna meet dudes and you're gonna meet ladies that are like, I'm just trying to find life. You're gonna go to high school and you're gonna meet people that sound so noble because they're basically treating life like an Easter egg hunt. I'm just looking. I'm just searching for the right way to live life. I'm just trying to find out what's good. I'm just trying to find success. I'm just trying to find, 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 find. But guys, good news. You don't need to search. You don't need to guess. You don't need to Easter egg hunt because God has made it clear. God has literally laid out the instructions. He has spoken and he's given his design very clearly in his word. It's in his word. And so look how our friend feels about that, right? Our friend, it says that he delights in that. This dude, like, show me your delighted face. Can you show me, please? What's a delighted face? (laughs) Delighted? You're like, I'm so noble. Delighted is like, 
Come on, right? Show me. Come on, Cole. Right? Delighted. Dude, you are not delighted. Anyone else? Delight? That's a great del- Oh my gosh. These freshmen. Dude, just switch spots. You guys stay for another four years. We're going to send them off to university, right? Oh man. It's only hurt because it's true. Right? And so this dude is delighting. He is pumped. He is taking joy because students, check it out. He knows that God has given him instructions on how to be near. He's pumped because he knows that God has made it super clear how he can live with God, how he can live a blessed life. And so he delights in that. He's pumped about it. Students, if you're, if you're new here or if you're old here or whatever it is, like it should not be a mystery to you. We love God's word, okay? Like this is more than just like a good suggestion. Hey guys, I want you to be good boys and girls and so let's see if the good old textbook has any recommendations. Like guys, we so highly value the word of God, right? Because we understand that God has given us his instructions on how to live a blessed life. God has given us the clear layout for how to live in relationship with him. Middle schoolers, you have your whole life ahead of you. Here is God's voice. He has spoken his instructions. And so you can say here, like at Citizens, we're desperate for this thing, right? We are hungry for this thing. And so we value it. We prioritize it. We are desperate for it. And we see the man in our text today, look how desperate he is, right? You you see, this is why we love God's word. This is how desperate he is. He meditates day and night. You ever devour something? Like, what's something you devour? A steak, steak, Panera. (laughs) I devour Panera. Dude, my weakness, and this is gonna be like super kind of sad here. (sighs) I love milkshakes. That's not the sad part. The sad part is my body has just decided to become lactose intolerant. Why, God, right? I have no questions about life except for that one. Why? Why? Because I used to devour milkshakes, which is pro- later, which is why I probably like, am lactose intolerant because I would devour milkshakes. Like, do you ever stop when you get like cold, cold stuff in your head or in the back of your throat? I don't stop. Brain freeze, yeah. I don't stop. My stomach is like, you better not stop. I'm like, my brain's like, please, <laughs> please, right? Like, dude, I literally would drink milkshakes so fast. I would devour them. I would devour them. That's the picture we get here. This dude is so hungry and desperate for the law of the Lord, for his instruction that he devours it, right? It says he meditates, which means he sits Indian style and goes, um, right? Isn't that what it means to meditate? No, that's not what it means, right? The biblical form of meditation is this. It literally means like to chew on. <laughs> you know when you, like, you eat a piece of food, you have a few bites, and then you swallow? No. But when you have... Go- Dude. <laughs> save me. Save me, right? But dude, when you chew gum, you don't swallow it because you, you keep going over it. And you move it around in your mouth, and you go to the other side, right? And you move it all around your tongue, and you're just like, you're getting all the flavors. That's what the word meditate literally means in Hebrew. It's like you're chewing on something. You're mulling it over. You're reflecting and thinking deeply, right? You're chewing on it. And so this dude, this dude. Everybody's watching you guys. Okay, thanks, buddy. It's kind of embarrassing, all right? Thanks, buddy. Okay. And so, right, so 
Everybody's watching you, I was about to say. No, so this guy is devouring God's word, right? He's chewing on it. He's thinking deeply about it. So the picture is like he wakes up in the morning, right? He wakes up in the morning and before he opens up his phone, before anything glows at him, it's like he opens up his word and he's like, dude, I just wanna learn more about God's design for life. So he reads it. And then during the day, let's say he's on his lunch break, he opens up his Bible, he's like, God, what do you gotta say to me, right? Maybe he has one of these cool journaling Bibles and so he's like drawing the words in there as he reads it, you know what I mean? And then the picture is he gets to nighttime, right? And he's not laying in bed, like checking Snapchat. He's not laying in bed, like playing silly games. He's laying in bed and he's like sitting there and he's reading the word and he's like, oh, I'm desperate for this. God, teach me something more. And then as he closes his eyes, what he just read is still on the forefront of his mind. It's still on the inside of his eyelids. And he goes to bed thinking about the word of God. That's the picture. This dude is desperate for God's word. And the question that I ask myself, the question that I ask you after I look at this guy's attitude, what's your relationship to the word of God? What is your relationship, your personal relationship to the word of God? Are you this desperate and hungry for God's word? Are you casual and indifferent toward God's word? Oh, well, you know, God's really nice. We kind of connect every once in a while. Some good encouragement. Maybe some of you guys are in the, uh, I get my verse a day, right? I get my verse a day, it keeps the devil away, right? And maybe that's your relationship with the Bible. But what I'm calling you here, guys, to be like the blessed man, devour it. Develop a desperate hunger, right? When I'm going somewhere that I've never been, I become desperate for the map, right? I open up the GPS and I'm like, dude, I need to study. Maybe you're like me. I need to study the whole route before I get there. I don't just start driving and then go, all right, just tell me the next step. I wanna know the next four or five steps, right? I'm desperate for it, I'm hungry. In the same way, develop that kind of desperation. What's your relationship to the word of God? What's your relationship? Sam, what's the big deal here? Like, honestly, guys, like what's, what's the big deal? Like. The voices, so what if the voice is the word of God? So what if I listen to the voice of the wicked? So what's the big deal, really? Like, is there really that much on the line? If I don't develop this desperation, if God's word doesn't become the primary voice in my life, what, what's the worst that could happen? And we see from the next couple of verses here, everything's on the line. Check it out. Verse three, this blessed man, he's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. You guys wanna know how important this choice is? You wanna know how important the voice that you allow to be the primary voice in your life? Check it out, the voice determines the quality of your life. The voice that you choose to listen to, the voice that you choose to make the primary influence in your life, the voice that you give your ear to and bend your whole life toward it, that will affect the quality of your life. You wanna know what your life is gonna be like, graduates, in four years? What's your relationship with the word of God? Because the quality of your life is based on that. When a person rejects the voice of the wicked and listens to the voice of the Lord, his whole life shows it. Look what it says, right? It says he's like a tree. Look at the man who's blessed. He's like a tree. Is that a compliment? Is it a compliment? Right. Like, he just called me a tree? She did not just call me a tree. This is a compliment, okay? This is a good thing. He is like a tree 
that's planted by streams of water. So imagine a tree, right? Imagine this tree and, and you see it, like you're out by the river, right? And you're like, ah, and the, the mist is coming on your face, right? And just because it's warm in here, I needed the mist, right? So it splashes. But you're looking at this tree and it's this great old oak tree. And it's like rooted, right? It's got those like old knobby roots and it's dug down deep. And the roots are so deep that it's actually starting to like dig into some like water under the ground. It's the kind of tree that you can't even like get your arms around like one side of it. You know what I mean? It takes like 10 people to make a, a ring around it, you know? When this tree, when this tree is out there and a storm comes, you worry that that tree's gonna fall down? No, dude. When you see that the, the, the tree is just healthy and it has this depth and this stability, are you worried that it's gonna get blown over? No, right? There's a, there's, it's solid. There's stability there. And that's what this dude is like, this blessed man. It's like when you look at the quality of his life, when his friends look at him, he's just, he's so rooted and he's so stable that when the winds of life blow, when difficulties come in, his friends aren't going, oh, man, I wonder if he's okay over there. I should probably call him because he's probably getting wrecked right now. There's a confidence. You know what? There's such a depth. He's not being moved. There's such a depth and stability that he's not going to be shaken. And so because this blessed man has his voice, has the voice of God, he's listening to the voice of the Lord. The first thing we see is that there's this depth there, right? Look what else it says. It says it yields its fruit in its season. Dude, you ever like... (laughs) This is today for me. Uh, you ever leave somewhere, I don't know, like let's say your house, and uh, hypothetically speaking, and you just like, you get in your car or you get in the bus or something, and you're like, I just wish I was different. Anybody? Like, have you ever been so painfully aware of your own shortcomings that you're just like, I don't even like me right now. You know what I'm saying? And you're just like, why can't I be better? Why can't I just have more fruit of the Spirit? Why can't I just be more like Jesus? Why can't I just snap my fingers and just, right, and just, I'm better, right? Nope, am I the only one that thinks like that? Dude, I get so fed up with myself. You guys think I'm a decent guy? I hate myself sometimes, dude. I'm just like, dude, I talk, right? And like, I'll leave my house and I'm just like, I'm in the car and I'm like, just drive away. Sam, just drive away, right? The little angel, drive away. She was wrong, and you're like, Dang it, take the keys out, walk inside the door. Ding dong, right? Because she locked the door and you're like, oh, hey, you're back. I'm like, yeah. What's up, Sam? Well, Jordan, I am, I'm an idiot, right? I'm sorry, please forgive me, right? And I repent, right? And I find myself doing that all the time with my wife. And maybe you do that with your parents. Maybe you do that with your siblings, right? Like, and just on a consistent basis, you're made aware of how silly you can be. But the guy who is listening to the voice of the Lord, the guy, who, the guy who's rooted in the law of the Lord and taking his cues from God, he doesn't have to force it. He yields its fruit. Like yield, meaning just go ahead. It's pa- like just every time he lifts his arm, it's like fruit, right? Like he just, it's, <laughs> he just yields its fruit, man. This is not the kind of guy that you know, right? You, you guys know ladies like this. You know guys like this that just kind of like, they live life exhausted. Like just the quality of their life is just like, it's like they're withering, right? Not this guy, man. His leaves are green. It's not withering. Look what else, right? It says that in all that he does, he prospers. 
He's successful, right? In his endeavors, he is doing well because he's following the voice of the Lord. Anybody want to be a tree right now? All right. Because he's listening to the voice of the Lord. But, look what the text says, but the wicked are not so. The wicked don't have this depth. The wicked don't have this stability. The wicked are not um, uh, prospering. They're not producing fruit. The wicked are like chaff. The wicked are like the things that are underneath your feet when you go to Five Guys Burgers and Fries, right? And all the little peanut shells that are thrown on the ground, right? Anybody? All the OCD people are like, why are there peanut shells everywhere, right? And then all these guys on the front row are like, they're just like jumping and crunching all the peanut shells. Yeah, quiet, thank you, okay. And so, right, like, that's what the wicked are like. Because the wicked are not rooted in the voice of the Lord and his law, it's like they're like the little... There's no substance to their life. There's no depth. When the winds of life, when the difficult breezes blow, these are the people that are blown away. These are the people that cannot stand in hard times. These are the people that when family members get sick, when tragedy strikes, when, lo- when loved ones are lost, whew, there's, there's no substance there. There's no depth. There's no rootedness. And so students, I'm asking you, graduates especially, with, with a heavy heart, do you want to know what your life will be like in a few years? You want to know what your life is going to be like in four years when you graduate high school? You want to know how you're going to shape out? I can tell you right now who you're going to marry. Do you want to know? No, I'm just kidding, right? They all just look up like, right? Dude, but honestly, you want to know what the quality of your life will be like? The voice that you listen to determines that, right? The voice that you listen to, the voice that you make the primary voice in your life, that will determine the quality of your life. And so those of you who take their cue from the voice of the Lord, you will live a life of stability and depth and fruitfulness and success. And so the last couple of verses show us this. Not only is the quality of your life, not only is the quality of your life affected by the voice, the outcome of your life is affected by the voice. Check it out. Verse five. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Graduates, freshmen, not only is the quality of your life determined by the voice, but the, your, the voice also determines the outcome of your life. Look at the outcome of these two people, right? Look at the outcome of the wicked. The wicked, they have wanted to live their entire life apart from God. Hey, every wicked person, look at me real quick. I got you. I'm just kidding, right? Are you? But the wicked people, those who live apart from God, they have spent their whole life, they have spent their whole life saying, I want to do this without God. I don't want to be with God. I don't want to be with God. And when it gets to the end of the day, when it gets to the end of this era, for every person that says, I don't want to be with God, God will look at them and say, you got it. Okay? When God is gathering his congregation together, when God is bringing his whole family together, from all times, from all peoples, from all races, when God brings that congregation together and they're all standing there, guess who's not gonna be standing there? The wicked. All right, C.S. Lewis said it this way. There are only two kinds of people in the end. 
Those who say to God, thy will be done, and those to whom God says in the end, thy will be done. And so the righteous person, they say to God, God, I want to follow you. I want to listen to your law. I want to listen to your instruction, Lord. Your will be done. But then to these people over here that are saying, dude, forget God. I don't want God. I don't want to be with God. I want to be apart from God. God will look at them and say, your will be done. And they'll perish for eternity. I love when I, when I talk to students. In the academy, we talk about this kind of stuff all the time. We have a, a Sunday morning high school theology class. And you know, we, whenever we do a Q&A, it's why does God send people to hell? If God really loved everybody, wouldn't he just not send people to hell? The wicked don't wanna be with God. And so God looks at them and he says, your will be done. God is not keeping anybody out of something that they want. He's giving them exactly what they want. But look how different students, and this is where I rejoice. Like every day when I pray, I thank God for this community. I thank God for your redemption. I thank God that he has saved you because the outcome of the righteous person is so different. Look at the outcome. The Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Those who follow God, those who take their cue from his voice, God knows them. Students, God knows you. Seniors, you'll feel alone maybe for a week or so on campus. It's big. Does anybody know me? The Lord knows you. He's aware of you. He's mindful of you because, he, because you are following the instruction that he has given in how to be with him. The voice determines the outcome of your life. And so that's the question tonight. What will be the primary voice in your life? What will it be? What's well, a good question? I'm going to ponder that one. Maybe by the time I'm 50, I will answer that. Because that is such a no, no, no. Right now, as teenagers calling for a decision, what will be the primary voice in your life? What will be the voice that you allow to speak and shape the entirety of your life? What will it be? And I'm calling you to be like the man in Psalm one. I'm calling you to be like the person in Psalm one who is blessed because he listens to the law of the Lord, not the words of the wicked. And so students, develop a hunger. Get hungry, get desperate. It's my, it's my desire that by the time all of you guys are sitting on this front row, by the time that all of you guys are graduating high school, I would hope that you've already developed a, a discipline and a habit for how to just devour this thing. But if you haven't, time, right? No better time than now, do it now, do it now. Freshmen, I have a gift for you guys tonight, right? And at the end of this gathering, you can come up. I have bookmarks for you and, and a little special something, something, right? Uh, that will last you for the next four years. But like, read it. Start to develop now. Create a hunger for the word of God. Be desperate for it. And citizens, do you know what you'll hear? When you start listening to the voice of God, right? And this is the voice of God, right? We want to hear God's voice, so we listen to him, when you, want to, when you go to hear God's voice, do you know what you'll hear? Well, I already know, Sam. I'm going to hear a lot of rules. And so, man, once I hear those rules, we might as well just make a giant checklist so that every day I can check them off. <laughs> Is that what it means to listen to the law of the Lord? Some people try to do that. They try to create this giant checklist and they try to live by it. But do you know what you'll hear? Arena, do you know what you will hear when you listen to the word of God? Do you know what you will hear when you try to listen to God's voice? I'll tell you, there was these two dudes 
and they were walking, right? A couple mile walk. It was a Sunday. They're walking from one town to the other. And so they started in Jerusalem. They were like, dude, let's go to, let's go to Joey's house. Yo, he's making sandwiches. Oh, he's making sandwiches? Yeah, he's making the deli meat with the calzones. You know how he does the mozzarella? Oh, yeah, let's go to Joey's, right? Okay. So they're walking over to Joey's. And on the way, they see this dude, right? And he comes, and, and he's walking with them. And they're like, oh, hey, Paisano, what you doing? How you doing? Never saw you before. What's your name? Oh, I just am walking to Emmaus. You too? Well, we're going to Emmaus. Come along. And so now they're walking. There's three dudes. And they're on the road, and they're like, oh, man, so it's crazy. What's happening here, huh? And this third dude is like, what are you guys talking about? And they're like, this guy over here, he doesn't know what we're talking about. Where you been? You live in a cave? Have you not heard what just went down this weekend? They crucified the Jesus guy. And the guy's like, oh, really? Wow. And you're surprised? Surprise. Are we surprised? We thought this guy was going to take over. We thought he was going to dominate Rome. And they killed him. Guy's gone. He's in a gasket. He's over. And, they're, and, and this third guy is like, you guys are so foolish. And they're like, foolish, what are you talking about? And he opens up the Bible. He opens up the Bible and look what it says when he opens it up. And beginning with Moses, that's the first five books of the Bible, beginning with Moses and all of the prophets, so that's the major prophets, the minor prophets, right? All of the prophetic voices. Beginning with that, he interpreted it to them. You know what it means to interpret? If I interpret something, I'm telling you what it means. He interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Who's that third dude? It's Jesus. Hey, this Bison over here, he's a fool. No, he's Jesus. And so this Jesus guy, he goes, don't you understand? Like, I'm not surprised by anything that just went down because that's exactly what it said was gonna go down. What said? Everything the entire Bible was pointing to this moment. And look what they say in response in verse 32. They said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? Dude, if I can go back to any moment in all of biblical history, I'm right here in Luke 24. I'm like one of those paisanos. I'm just sitting there like, yo, what is he saying? And luckily we don't have to because we have all of the apostles and they show us the way that he interpreted to them by giving it to us and they interpret it. And here's what we learn, students, that when you listen to God's voice, when you listen to the law of the Lord, when you read the law and the prophets and the writings, when you read everything, all of it is screaming, Jesus. When you read your Old Testament, everything, the, everything is one big story. And at the climax of that story is the coming of Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that God spoke. And you know what he called his word? His word had a name. Jesus was the word of God. Students, you want to hear God's voice? You want to hear what God has to say to you about how to live? If you want to hear God's voice, listen to Jesus. You want to hear what God is saying? You want to hear his voice? Man, I wonder what the voice of God sounds like. Man, I wonder what he would say. What would God's message be? You don't have to wonder. Listen to Jesus. And so Jesus, he looks at you young people. He looks at you going into college and he says, you want to hear God? Listen to me. Sydney, you want to follow God? Follow me. You want to know what it would look like, freshman, to live a life that's pleasing to God? Follow me. Because to hear God's voice, you listen to Jesus. He is the word of God. And so students, I'm calling you to choose tonight. What will the voice be? What will be the primary voice that you listen to and you tune out all other voices and you say, that's the voice I'm listening to. That's the voice that will direct me. It's the voice of God and his name is Jesus.
If you want to hear God, listen to Jesus.